You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Baum. 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 Um, you know, something was really sweet. Uh, I got a, a, a message from Nico, who is a, um, he's a listener. He's mm-hmm. a patron. And um, you can join patron, patreon.com slash inside of you. And uh, amazing kids, family, Zach. Love that kid. But he, he said he was watching uh, America's Got Talent. And uh, so I checked this clip out. And of course, you know, Simon Callow got emotional. I, I got a little emotional watching it. But this girl who, you know, faced a lot of adversity, she sang the song and it was beautiful. But more importantly, she said something after the song. She said something that was so profound and beyond her years that I had to rewind it and I had to write it down. I had to write this shit down. Mm-hmm. And it was this. She said, you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. That struck a chord, man. And I just thought, isn't that what we're always waiting for? We're waiting for, well, once things get a little easier, once life isn't hard, then I'll be able to be happy. I'll be able to get my shit together. Get your, it's, it's time now to be happy even while things are hard, even while things are... So, I, you know, it goes back to you, me, it goes back to everybody listening. I just, fuck, man, talk about a mental health moment. That was a, I, I, I teared up. I, I had a little cry there. What, what was her talent? What she, she was do? a singer. Oh. But I just thought about that. I was like, you know, I gotta, I gotta wait till my anxiety is, is, is on track. I gotta wait till everything is right before, you know, then I, then I'll feel happy. Um, and it's kind of bullshit. It's like, find ways to be happy now through it all. Mm-hmm. It just hit me. I don't know. Does it not hit you? No, of course it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that your issues, my issues aren't important and whatever, but in the scheme of things, I guess in life, it's just, you know, you know, I won't dwell on it too much, but you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. And I thought that was really neat. So anyway, welcome to the show. I hope you're having a great week. Um, great guest this week before uh, I get into the guest. Uh, the lovely Keegan Allen. Um, if you're here for Keegan, if you're here for uh, just enjoyment, uh, a good interview, please subscribe. Ryan, tell them where they can subscribe and keep supporting the podcast. Oh, you can subscribe. The podcast is everywhere you can find the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, and you can uh, find us on YouTube. You can watch it, uh, youtube.com slash inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Yes, and what are the handles for inside of you if you want to follow us? You can follow at inside of you pod on Twitter and at inside of you podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That's right. That's very easy, and we really love that. If you write a review, we love you even more. Um, I have to say, if you go to uh, hello at inside of you podcast and leave messages, it's very hard because they get really stacked up with messages and it takes me a couple of months to go through them and sort through them. And I respond sometimes the the big, long winded emails I kind of absorb and I don't really respond to because it's sometimes too hard, but like short one line, two lines, those are easy to respond to. And, uh, but some people feel like they need to tell me a story and, and so be it. But I, it's, it's sometimes I, it's hard for me to get to it and, uh, you know, just don't expect me to get to it or, or, have, or not don't expect me to have a response to it always. Um, the inside of you store, we got some new stuff. We got these awesome uh, journals. I thought that was very appropriate for the podcast that, you know, it's a journal to write your life in all your shit that's going on in your life. And, uh, you know, journal, I journal every day. And so the little leather journal books, uh, you can get them autographed or you can get them non-autographed. There's uh, also um, masks, new inside of you masks, and those are going pretty fast. So are the journals. 
So go to the Inside You online store. And uh, in fact, use this code SUMMERROSIE10 for 10% off at the store. SUMMERROSIE10. And in fact, you know, if you want Sunspin stuff from the band, um, we've got tons of Sunspin stuff. Go to sunspin.com um, and you can use the code SUNSPINSUMMER10. And that's going to be uh, 10% off everything in the Sunspin store. Uh, the Inside You store has a bunch of other stuff too. Uh, Lex Funko Pops and Smallville Lunchboxes and all that shit. I'm going to read a letter at the end from a fan. Thought it was kind of touching. It was one of those letters that I actually read and printed out. But uh, And uh, don't forget to join Patreon. Uh, I am on it. Uh, if you love the podcast, if you're enjoying it, you want to get back to the podcast a little more or something, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash inside of you. I've got a lot of patrons and there's tiers for, uh, you, you know, I send merch to certain um, tiers uh, with little notes every couple months and um, you get to ask guest questions and you get to do a Q&A with me. So it's, you get to ask me questions on my Q&A segment, which Ryan was a part of last month. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. I like that. That was easy. You just asked me questions. I just, I, you I just you were great at it. I can read. You can read. And if anyone had any doubts, join Patreon and go watch that video. I, <laughs> Today's guest, interesting guy. Um, we talk about Pretty Little Liars. We talked about art, painting. Photography. Photography. This guy's world-class. Just a, a great guy. He's on the show Walker. He's been in tons of stuff. And uh, we had a great conversation. I really think you're going to enjoy it. So why don't we just get right into Keegan Allen. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Oh, God. You know, How I, you doing, man? I'm, I'm good, man. You know, look, it's Jared Padalecki, your buddy on Walker. He was like, you got to get Keegan on the show. That's one of the first things he said. <laughs> he must like you because I don't think he'd say that. You guys get along pretty well, huh? I, I adore him. I think he's I think he's really a special guy for sure. And uh, and it's also also really cool, too, because I. I've, 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 uh, I watched Smallville when I was, when I was younger and I really think honestly, you're the best, uh, Lex Luthor. Come on. No, dude, you, you actually brought grounded reality to that character. I feel like every other actor that played Lex Luthor was who, okay. So let's go through who played Lex, oh, Lex God, Luthor. Oh God, you're putting me on the spot Gene Hackman, now. right? Yeah. Gene Hackman, but he, you know, he played it like in a crazy fun way. He's, he's always my favorite, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Okay. Gene Hackman. So here's the thing. I, you leaned into a grounded reality. Gene Hackman played it up. It was campy. He did it. It was interesting, but you were grounded. You, uh, you felt, I felt for your character. I remember being a child and watching that show and being like, Oh wow. Lex Luthor, man. That's well, you know, I, right there. Thank you. But I, I have and to then, give, then, I was going to say, I, I give props to, I mean, the whole production I've talked about it, but like, you know, from the writing to the director of photography, to the special effects, to, everything that it just it just turned into a, a really great show but um thank you i mean uh you know you always do your best and you never know how fans are going to react and i i wasn't a big superman fan growing up so but hearing that from someone who watched the show and like you know i just i just really appreciate that that's nice well you you rose above all of the other actors that try that attempted to i mean obviously outside of the animated versions of this character I mean, you brought you brought a real humanity to the character. I felt like you know Kevin Spacey was a little nuts. Uh, <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg's like, you know, he's fine. But you, I, I, every time I think Lex Luthor, I think of you. 
And I think of you pushing your father off the, the bat of the building. It's good, man. Uh, we had some fun. John Glover and I, terrific actor. Well, look, you know, the great thing, there's, there's a, the great thing is hearing you say this. It's very kind of you, but it's also, it sucks because I can't respond and like, I can't tell you what I think of other, cause then I sound like a dick, but like, no, I, you don't. but, but no, well, I'm not in terms of like, you know, other actors, I, I respect all the actors that have played it, but you know, I think it comes down to, you know, preference. I mean, personal choice, but also like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's everything's one. subjective. I just wanted to say, I, I have a reverence for, for your work in that. And also I've been, you know, enjoying your talks, uh, you know, throughout the last however many years that you've been doing the podcast circuit. I loved you on Theo Vaughn. I thought it was very uh, <laughs> fun and controversial, <laughs> he, very interesting. Dude, Theo Vaughn, let me tell you about something. I went on Theo Vaughn's show. I walk in there. It's almost like he, I love Theo and this isn't knocking him, but it almost was like, you know, I don't know if he was like, you know, being David Letterman or what he was doing, but I walk in and he's just got a pen and he's writing and he's, he's not really paying any attention to me when I walk in at all, which as an actor, you're like, what the fuck, man? Give me some love here. He's like, Hey man. And he's just kind (laughs) of doing his thing. Like he's like this really intense interviewer. And I'm like, Oh fuck Theo. Deal's going uh, method for this, uh, you know, for this interview. And then, of course, he's like, so tell me about Allison Mack, you know, and starts getting into that right away. And, you know, and I oh, gave no. him. Sh- yeah. And I gave him shit because I'm like, hey, come back on my podcast, man. You're hilarious. And blah, blah. he's like, yeah, I want to, man. I'm just real busy. And, you know, he's a good guy. But I'm like, dude, you got two million hits off that interview with the whole thing with Allison Mack in my interview. Come back on my freaking show. So, uh, but anyway, Theo, Theo's one of the, one of the funniest people on the planet. Honestly, he is, he's so unique. Even when you ask other comedians who are, you know, my friend Harlan Williams, you know, the guy from Dumb and Dumber, the guy who's like, you drinking Mm -hmm. some of grandpa's cough medicine there, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, Theo Vaughn is really funny, man. I mean, that guy's a freaking character, bud. And he is. He's a he's a he's a funny guy. But look back, we gotta put the direction on you, the focus on you now. All right, let's do it. Oh man, this this is scary. <laughs> First of all, you have a great name, Keegan Allen. Is that your real name? It's my real name. I know. Why do I get Michael Rosenbaum and you get Keegan Allen? Well, it, uh, look, I it was almost it was almost a totally different, very Jewish name. I mean, but my dad changed his uh his last name. What was his last name? I actually don't know because uh, he was very secretive about his last name. So, but I do know that he wanted to have a, a flow and a last name that was very uh, easy to say. And so, and then my name, which I found out what it meant from Disneyland of all the places. <laughs> what not, does it mean? Not a very interesting, but you know, one of those, uh, you know, those like things where you put the quarter in and it generates a, the name thing right like when i was very young and it's a celtic name that means little fiery one which was an ego booster at the age of six you're a little fiery one keegan keegan yeah little fiery one i like that were your parents uh pretty cool growing up i mean you said jewish did you were you bar mitzvahed i was not bar mitzvahed um i was actually well i had a choice to uh kind of my mother's jewish and my father is was catholic and i kind of oscillated between religions growing up um but i i i you know now it's 
I'm a bit agnostic, but I'm more spiritual. I'm more into yeah. I'm more into spirituality than the idea of religion now, which is which is very comfortable. Nice. And your parents, so they didn't really stick religion on you at all. They kind of let you go your own way. No, my parents were extraordinary in that they were both artists. So they cared so much about not caring, but in a, in a really logical way, in a way that let me be free. And they supported my art. They supported when I was down, when I was sad. Uh, they let me be the person that I wanted to be. And, um, it was an interesting, you know, experience growing up where I saw all my friends being controlled, very controlled and like held down by their parents' constructs of who they, the parents wanted them to be. And my parents were like, look, go do whatever you want to do. If you, if you fuck up, it's on you. And, and where was uh, this? Where, where'd you grow up? I grew up in, in Hollywood. You grew up in Hollywood. Yeah. I and that's not easy. You wrote a book about it? Yeah, I have a photography book called Hollywood oh, Stories and Voices from Foreverland okay. that yeah. is a love letter to growing up in in Hollywood. Okay, I I saw that book. I know I know what you're talking about now, but it was like it was pictures. So when I, I heard book, I thought I was thinking something else. But like I saw some of the pictures and everything, I was like, holy crap, this guy does photography and he 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 sings. He's got a song. I mean, and the song's beautiful. That song had to be. It's called Million Miles Away, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that and, a million miles away. Yeah. And it had to be put in a TV show. You had to get that placed. I, I mean, I here's the thing about all my music. I, I am, so, I'm a hopeless romantic. I love, I, I love the idea of being in love, and I've always felt that way. And I, I learned to feel from the movies. I learned to feel from good books and literature growing up, and poems and Shakespeare. And there was something really like. Um, haunting and romantic about writing love songs and uh so a lot of any kind of music that has been you know aggregated into my life from the outside world it, it comes through me in like a really like very syrupy it's like spoon feeding ice cream too much <laughs> like i i love music but i feel like i've with i've like held back a lot of music from releasing it because i feel like sometimes it's a bit too much it's a bit like lame but well you say lame but like if it's coming from the heart they always say whatever you're doing if you have feeling and you mean it that's when it's the best right whether it's acting or whether it's music so if it's coming out in your music maybe you shouldn't hold back and you should just let it go and go this is what i'm feeling this is what i'm writing and people either gravitate towards it or, or they won't so uh yeah 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 i mean and and growing up i had like interesting i had an interesting relationship with music my parents you know they they introduced me to you know music like Bob Dylan and the Grateful Dead and Van Morrison and the Doors, very, very controversial music for a very young person, especially Bob Dylan, which I took to, and I just was obsessed with Bob Dylan growing. I was st very young. I'm still obsessed to, with him to this day, but um, his music was so interesting to me because I mean, he absolutely jumpstarted this, the, the era of folk, um, you know, protester music, and yeah. at a time when people's voices needed to be heard, he he was creating these beautiful lyrical structure, almost like a rap. Now would be a rap yeah. battle. He was doing that, and it, to me, it was just it was unlike anything I'd ever heard, and anything I've ever heard up till now. He was, you know, putting his heart on his sleeve, and uh, you know, millions of other people's hearts on their on his sleeve when he was saying so. That Elliot Smith. 
Elliot really Smith. With him growing up. Tragic, so, yeah. tragic ending to tragic, it. tragic, but just made the music just so much deeper. And oh man, even yeah. now, you want to have a sunny day and ruin it? Elliot Smith. Elliot Smith. <laughs> uh, Nick anyway. Nick Drake does that to me as well. But he's kind of soothing, dude. You know, Nick Drake is another horrifically just that when you listen to his music and you hear that stri- I mean, there's no other musician like Nick Drake. No. Yeah, I mean, you put on any of his albums. I mean, is it Pink Pink Moon? Pink Moon, yeah. You put on Pink Moon and it transports you to another like a di- it's so cerebral. Yeah, and it's almost timeless. It feels yeah. like it's you know, you could be listening to something in the 70s, but you could be listening to something in the 90s or now. It's just it just it, it does, but it transports you into something just soothing and uh yeah it's it's good music uh but but i think that you shouldn't be afraid to do that i just came out with an album and you know i'm 48 years old i'm not gonna be a freaking rock star but i love music and i love and i try not to think of lyrics so much as like i have to be so brilliant in these lines and i want people to be you know i want to evoke all these and you just kind of write music and you play it and you sing it and you say what you feel and you, you know, and I, I just think that when I listened to that song, I just felt like, yeah, I could tell what you're saying. It's just very, it, it's, it's, it's how you're feeling. It's just a very, I think that's important though. I think you should continue doing that. I mean, how many, I, I mean, I will, I will. It's there's, you know, I, I've, I have had this, you walk the line, you know, with, with something. I mean, I like to dip my toe into every thing creatively like right now i'm painting i'm taking a painting class with one of my favorite plain air painters that he's i I reached reached out to him and i was like hey you know he's amazing his name is jesse powell amazing like uh like it'll blow your mind he's so talented and with plain air what's nuts is i mean as an actor you can you can you can understand the objective of a scene you read a script you go okay who am I? What am I trying to say? What is the writer trying to say? How do I marry that? What does the scene warrant? What are the notes? Like all of that is, is all, it's a topography of thought. But when you're painting something compositionally, you're creating something that you see, it's your perspective, same, same thing with acting, but like what's so mystifying about plain air, oil painting, is you can just hodgepodge a bunch of paint in an area and up close, it's just, it just looks like nothing. And then you step back and it's this perfect composition of an exact perspective. And it transports you to that moment. And uh, I've been trying to understand that because it's all just shadows and highlights. That's it. There's no, it's all your perspective. It's the perspective that's being kind of like, it's not being forced. It's like the hand of someone else just like being like, here, let me show you this. It's so remarkable. Yeah. What what got you into that? See, so for me, I was going through a tough time. I had like a lot of anxiety. I was dealing with a lot of shit. And I just said, I need to check out. And I went to Connecticut across the country and I checked in for three weeks at this place. And, um, you know, it was just, I had to get my mind straight and I started doing art and I hate, I hated, sorry, I hated art because I didn't realize it. But as a kid, I was this colorblind kid who, uh, I just, I just never did well in art class. I was the only kid who got like D's or f's in art i had a short attention span i've talked about that but all of a sudden i hate art and even going in high school i'd smell the art you know art class and i'd walk around a different different way because i just wanted to get as far away as i could and was hoping i didn't have to take art class and so they i don't want to say forced but they they really told me that 
it's important to try it. Just try something uh, you don't have to be great at. And for me, I've always had yeah. to be great at everything. I feel like I have to, I have to prove myself. I have to show everybody how great I am. And and with this, I started art, and I, and I started doing it with my friends at the house. I'm not good. I'm not even remotely good. But there's something that takes me away that just takes me away from the present, or makes me actually more present, and not and disconnects me from sort of all these other external things of you know trying too hard and impressing and this and i noticed that that 30 minutes or that hour or whatever it takes it, it's just for me it's it's just being and there's something really yeah. nice about it now is that why you started doing that yeah i mean my mother is a as a painter she does watercolor and that's fascinating to me because it works backwards from oil um you know you're working on your 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 you build on watercolor, whereas, and you build on oil, but it's, it's reversed. You know, you would, you wouldn't be able to, I mean, you could, I mean, technically put, put down a darker color and then paint lighter. But what's, what's interesting is that growing up, both my parents were painters and wow. they did it as like a, you know, my dad would do these sprawling paintings with acrylic and oil all over the place. And my mom's doing watercolor paint. My dad was an actor. So he was constantly, doing very thespian things in the house and emoting. And, um, you know, it was a very dramatic upbringing because there, you know, being around two artists, you, you know, it's, it's chaos. I mean, it's chaos, but it's, there's something beautiful about the chaos. Um, but getting into painting recently has been therapeutic. I've, I've really, I've noticed that because of all of the, uh, the media and the intensity in the world right now, um, it's very easy to like um, to, your brain becomes a blender of other people's thoughts and emotions. And, um, you know, it's very easy to slip into this vortex of energy now that never before has it been this easy. Um, I mean, if you want to feel, you know, complete cosmogonic chaos, you can step into any social media realm right now. You could step into anything and find yourself overwhelmed you know so i've been working on like doing meditation uh because i was having panic attacks over nothing i just there was nothing happening i was just having really bad anxiety really bad panic attacks so i've been doing lots of meditation lots of yoga um lots of painting right. playing music listening to music taking time just to do nothing to swim go on walks how much does that distance. help you how much to, honestly because you know go back to your childhood you said there was it was a little chaotic. It was dramatic. It was all these things. Do you think did it did it was it in a good way or was it both in a good way and a bad way? Did it create some anxiety? Did you did you feel stressed? Were there did you have that teenage angst? You know that oh, teenage angst? angst. My first book was all my teenage angst, all of it. <laughs> Life of Beauty was all written. Uh, I was I was uh, I was like I was teen angst for most of my life until I like hit, I think like 25. And then I was like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta like figure this out. Um, but yeah, I, growing up there, I mean, I feel, I feel like everybody has the same story in a different way. And my angst growing up lent itself to now finding the peace to know that it was okay to feel down and sad sometimes. And it's okay to feel down and sad even now. But to to not linger 
to not linger too far into those feelings and understand that they're just thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. and you can be a passenger to those moments. And then like, cause nothing, here's the other thing, Michael, like nothing really matters. Everything is temporary. And that's the greatest awakening that I had was in my like 20, my late twenties. I was like, Oh, wow. It, like nothing is forever. Like everything's temporary. So like to live in the moment and be present in yourself it helps, but you know, if you're having anxiety and you're having depression, sometimes you have to go a little bit deeper into why, you know. So. And what, what, how did you go deeper? I did. I have been. I've been, um, I've been really examining, uh, you know, I've had a, this is a, a real amazing blessing to work on a show like Walker and have just such an amazing supportive group of people around and a collaborative environment and, um, and one where, we are, we all feel already like a family. So coming to work, I'm I'm in I'm in a very I'm in a very happy place, a very good environment, an environment that promotes creation and um, promotes creativity in a way that you know it, it allows me then to focus on my off time on things that make me a better better person, a better man, a better human. Um, because I feel like, you know, especially now, especially in my life now, I'm, I mean, I'm, a, I'm in my 30s and I'm just starting to understand when my dad would be like, you just wait till you're older and you'll understand. Like, I'm just now getting to that where I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I see the crest of the light from that conversation in the distance and I'm like, oh, I'm starting to get it, you know? Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. If you want to save money, Listen up. <laughs> I don't know how, how to tell you this other than f- this really works. Ryan went through this. Mm-hmm. We have so many unwanted subscriptions that we forget we have. And, uh, you know, there's so many apps nowadays that we just get lost. And, you know, I'm not very app savvy. And, you know, I'll watch a streamer. And then the next thing I know, I forget that I just watched one show and I'm still subscribed to this after six months with Rocket Money. They take care of you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Why do you say, did you know that nearly 75% and end at... Did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Yeah, I'm one of those people, Ryan. And between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it's never ending. Thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I could see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. I love the dashboard and how it shows me this month's spending compared to last month. I like doing that. Uh, so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. That's simply astonishing. Saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. 
Inside of You is brought to you by Factor. I love Factor meals, Ryan. Do you know this? Yes. Why do you know this? Because I've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some. And you've had them. And I've had them. And you love them. I do. Because I asked you every time. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, I spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that I buy or too many leftovers. And it's just, I waste so much money. And, you know, Factor Meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because they have so many different meals, like 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. And it takes just two minutes. So it doesn't matter how busy you are. It's two minutes to cook this stuff. You always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. And that's what Factor does. Um, I, I, I just can't get over all the things they have, like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. It's, it's perfect for my lifestyle. And I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with Factor's No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. Head to factormeals.com slash inside50 and use code inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inside50 at factormeals.com slash inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy, oh, the weeks where I miss a session, of course, yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up, and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
com slash inside. You know, it's very seldom, it's rare that, you know, uh, a man, a young guy like yourself has published books and music and been on hit TV shows and, um, you know, paints and is, is, is learning about himself and is more comfortable with himself at such a young age, especially born and, you know, growing up in Hollywood, it seems to me that if anything, I, I should be talking to some guy who's uh, just getting off uh, coke binge. Mm. Uh, well, no, it's interesting. But, well, you, well, no, no, no. I understand what you're saying. I, I get it. And <clears throat> to some extent, I mean, I feel like I feel like I've I've lived I've lived you know at, the, at some point I've lived a version of that life, and um, it didn't work for me. You know what I mean? It didn't serve me. And uh, I have a lot of friends that have have gone down a, a darker path and thus never returned. And uh, I, I've seen it, you know what I mean? And I've had, I've had it very close to me. So I feel like in some ways that the destruction and the misery created um, around me kind of taught me a lesson before I myself fell too deep into something. And, um, and for that, I'm really grateful. You know, I was, I was kind of given a, a glimpse into many, many different lives. And I, I'm just, I mean, I'm just lucky. I mean, I, you never know, but I'm very lucky at this one singular point. <laughs> so you saw, whether it's friends or just people in the industry, you had enough foresight or whatever to acknowledge, I'm not going down this path. I'm not allowing myself to go any further down it. I'm, I'm sort of like hindering or lingering in this like area, this gray area, and I've just got to take off now. I've got so much potential and I've got so much life to live. Is it sort of a conscious thought or something that took years for you to sort of understand? Yeah, no, it, it, no, you're, it's, well, what it is, is like growing, growing up in Hollywood. I, that's why I brought up the book earlier. It was like a, it was a love letter to a town that now, I mean, it feels totally different, but, and I knew at the time when I was photographing Hollywood, that it was a period piece. I knew that I had a responsibility as a, as a photographer, as an artist, as a, as in some ways I had a creative muse within me that allowed me to see the temporary nature of, of Hollywood. And at the time, you know, this was way before any of the, any accountability structures were, were put in place. Um, and I saw so many, so many failings in, um, in not only Hollywood, but just in, in, in growing up in, California in general and and how like how that how that shaped me was just being so close to it like being able to feel, feel the heat radiating off of bad decisions mm. and um, being able to step back far enough that I saw the train wrecks but I wasn't injured too badly from them wow yeah, no, it absolutely makes sense. I think that's what happens to all of us. I remember being 13 years old, 13, I think I was 13 years old. I, I was in eighth grade and I was really small for my age. And I remember I went over to this guy, kid's house and other kids, I won't mention their names right now. Um, one's in prison, but uh, I remember they were huffing gas. They were just like, <sighs> and I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And they're huffing gas. Rose, Rosenbaum, get in here. Huff some gas. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm allergic to gas or whatever the fuck I said. I don't know. I got it. And then I just remember there was, it was just these 
at this age, I look back, how are they this fucked up? And there's all these. And by the way, uh, two of those kids ended up, you know, being really big bullies and and trouble with the law. One guy went to prison. I remember something inside of me. And it wasn't that I had the best childhood because, boy, I did not. But, uh, you know, people always have it worse. I mean, you just kind of move on. But I remember just leaving, cutting through yards and going, I don't belong here. This is wrong. Something No one had to tell me. Something inside of me said as a 13-year-old boy, this is not right. And that was a gift. I don't know. It was a, a gift from God or whatever you call it, but. As a 13-year-old kid, you're you succumb, succumb to all the, you know, peer the peer pressure and the, you know, people say, come on, Rosenbaum. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I should do that because they're doing it. Mm. And I don't know why, but I just knew that I needed to get the fuck out of there. And maybe that's in a in a way what happened to you when you're seeing all these things, you're like, you know what? This is there has to be that moment, that enlightening moment, right? Oh yeah, man. It's spirits. I mean, I like to look at it as like it's a spirit's guidance. Like you you have like an inner counselor and you can listen to it. It's a gut. I mean, gut instinct, you know, Gavin DeBecker wrote a really great book about the gift of fear. Um, <laughs> that's a crazy book. Um, but that we all have this gut instinct that kind of um, protects us. And, you know, even now it's, it's interesting as I'm older, I mean, you always want to, you always want to see the best in people. And sometimes you'll see something that's malevolent in front of you and you go, no, they can't, I can't do that to them. They don't mean it. And like, no, man, my gut usually is like, it'll, it'll be like, no, dude, they mean it. It's, it's real. And so that I've always really trusted my gut instinct. And it sounds like it was good that you did too. Um, (sighs) Cause you have, you have these um, split universes where there's, I mean, the multiverse theory is really astounding, but you have a split universe where you make a choice and you're, there's a version of you that's living in the other choice right now of choices that you've made. And there's no way to tell if you're good, if it's a good or bad choice. It's just, you know, you're, you're always kind of zigzagging through that reality. So I always like to try and make sure that I'm making conscious decisions that are that in the long term, I'll, I won't, re- I won't regret, but I also, <laughs> yeah, I'll understand why I made them, you know, but there's always bad, you know, no matter how good you are. Yeah. There's always the bad that's in, you in always, the- yeah. You always fucking make some mistake for sure. Well, not only that, I'm thinking, you know, you're doing the right thing a lot of times. And there's some dark thoughts along those ways where you could easily stray from the good and go bad. You're like, ah, you know what? Fucking, you know, fuck it. And there, it's not like it's all positive thinking during that mm-hmm. positive thought of, of, of things that you're doing. I don't know if I'm making much sense here. And you're doing the right things and you continue to do the right things. There's always that dark force. That's always little things. Oh like- yeah, man. It's just a concatenation of thoughts that, yeah, I hear you, man. And that's, and that's something that, you know, you constantly as a human being, it's like not talked about enough. And I think that's all like, that's kind of why there's a mental health issue. That's, that's rampant in in just our our whole society and it's it spans through urban environment and rural environments because people are you know it's just what is the the quote in fight club like our great war is a spiritual war like we we have uh especially being being a man right 
right now in, in 2021. Um, you know, it's something that I've, I want to be the best version of a human being. And I want to keep getting better. And I want to learn from my mistakes. I want to, I want to actually not just say it in a false altruistic way on Instagram or right. be like, I want to be a better guy. Like, I don't, I actually do. Like, I want to learn from the things that I did incorrectly. And if, if, if I'm the only judge of that, I want to be able to understand why I did certain things or said certain things or made certain decisions and then learn from them down the road. And a lot of that, you know, it lends itself to being a being a better person for for myself, not not really for anybody else. Isn't that the truth? That's the, you yeah. just nailed it. Like we could sit here and try to make you know Ryan here my engineer, and I want Ryan to think I'm a great guy, and you know, and I want people to look at me and go, "Oh, he really tries hard, and he really loves everybody." But I'm a fuck up. I am a fuck up. I I need to. I need to believe all the things that some people are believing and I need to make those thoughts become a reality. I need to work on myself, but also knowing that not being too hard on myself, like I, that that's important because we are going to fuck up, you know, look, it always, you always hear you have to love yourself first, right? It's like, if you can't yeah. love anybody else. So I, you know, I don't ask that question much, but it's like some, it looks like you love yourself because you've been working on yourself a lot. And I think that's important. Working. Yeah, it's, you know, it's and, hard and it to took, say that. It, it took a lot of 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 figuring out like what what I was missing. So I felt like I was missing things within myself. I, and then I went on this like whole journey, and I have a, I have a really great group of friends around me that I very bespoke to self betterment. And Jared is definitely one of those people as well. Like Jared is is an incredibly open, oh yeah, um, source of. You know, you would think so. You would think someone like Jared would be, you know, he wouldn't get this part. He gets it. And he's so open and he talks and he's and he's like a loving man, which is yeah. very palpable and wonderful, especially on set working with him and being brothers. It was a, an immediate click. And I have great friends around me that, that you know, like, hey, you should read Michael A. Singer's The Untethered Soul. Hey, you should re read Gary Zukov's The Seat of the Soul. Hey, you should get into Sadhguru. Hey, you should start doing yoga. Hey, you should start. Like, I have friends that are all about that. And I used to, when I was younger, I have friends that were like, here, have a drink. Ah, oh, man, you know, fuck all that. Do this, like, right. do this, escape this way. And it never helped. You know, it didn't help. It made, it actually, it, it, it amplified the, the resistance within me. And so, you know, just recently, um, especially being here in Austin, I've been able to really focus on not just self-love, but just like understanding myself better and finding peace because dude, it's so easy to, to lose control, especially in today's world where you're just alone with yourself and you're being spoon fed constant chaos, you know, constant. I, you know, what's funny is after this interview, I'm going to ask Suzanne your publicist who I've known for years. She was my publicist on Smallville and oh. uh, she's awesome for, for working this out. But I'm going to be like, get his email because I need to know what I need to read. I want to get through. I want to, <laughs> I want to read the top shit. Don't look, you've read a lot of books. You're a reader. Uh, and dude, I, I do. Do you know what you should read? Right. Like, honestly, we should get off here is read James Nestor's um, breath. It's, it's called, it's called breath. Uh, the, the new science of a lost art. Amazing. 
And, that's and then the after first that, book. That's the first book you want me to read. Actually, Kigan. no, no, no. Actually, know what? Read, read Michael A. Singer's "The Untethered Soul." It'll the Untethered Soul, and it's mind. an easy read. Not too big words it's for me here. It's a super easy read. You could even get it on uh, audiobook and just like zone out to it. It's pretty meditative. And then if you really like that, you can read "The Surrender Experiment." That's another book that he did. You writing this down, Ryan? The Surrender Experiment. Ryan's yep. going to read this shit. Hey, Ryan, like, we need that, help here. We need help. <laughs> Hey, but wait. here's the other thing, yeah. man. Like the other part of it too is, is, you know, I wasn't ready for, for any of this until I was, and it, it, it there were people telling me to, to read and do and work on myself for years and years and years. And I didn't, I didn't want to, I tried and I didn't really want it. And like the moment that, and I'm, I'm not trying to speak from a place of ego. It's just like, it helps me now. I don't know if it will continue to help me. I'm going to keep trying to put in work. But like, dude, it's so amazing when and when it clicks and you realize that you're you're so much you're so much more than what you think you are without being anything at all. It's just a really great feeling. Wow, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I think I the reason that we don't work on ourselves right away when people are like, you read this and do this, you're like, no, 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 because deep down in a weird way, at least for me, is like, I, 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 maybe I still believe this, but I don't believe that I'm fixable in a way, or I don't believe that it will work for me. My mind is different. It's this naivete that is just, it's just not real. It's like, come on, even if you have a pre-existing condition, let's say you have some mental illness. They say that even if you have certain things, you can control 40%, 40 or 50%. I mean, it just depends on what the issue is, but I, I just feel like you have to put the work in. It's just not going to happen. It's like somebody expecting to be a movie star. I'm just going to hang out by Starbucks and Spielberg's going to drive by. Yeah, and he's no going to see me. It just doesn't fucking happen. It certainly doesn't happen to me. It doesn't happen to many people. So if you don't actually put the work in, w- w- what's going to happen is nothing's going to happen is the answer. Nothing's going to happen. And when you're saying that, you know what you said, you said something really interesting because I thought the same thing. Um, and I've gone through a huge amount of, of uh, of introspection and and what you said is like i don't think i'm fixable or like all of anything like that man that that you should do some active self-forgiveness and like forgive yourself for buying into the misbelief that you're not fixable and like go deeper into why you feel that way and then clear it and move on because you might be holding on to that and it's probably holding you back from a, a true version of yourself that you could easily arrive at if you if you stepped off of that plane of thinking that you were unfixable if, wow. you just, if you just arrived at that. Also, dude, another thing that really helped me, and it's changed my life, Jared doesn't want to hear a fuck about it, but it's really helpful, <laughs> is don't eat refined sugars and processed foods. Just do not consume them. And think of it, think of your body as a house, as a house. Like you wouldn't let just anybody into your house. So don't let just ingredients that you don't know of in your body. Like, like, give me an example. Eat, give me an example of some of these products. Don't eat refined sugar, uh, like cane sugar. Read, you know, understand that there's more what than about 60 stevia. For, stevia's okay. There's a lot. There's a the jury's out on artificial sweeteners, but, um, you know, I, I, there's one, what is it called? Uh, there's one that's like pretty good, but it's a laxative. And so you'll, you'll, you mm. need a diaper if you eat too much of yeah. it. But, um, what's that one? But I would just don't eat. <laughs> Try and remove refined sugar from your diet okay. in at, at, at all costs. It, you can have honey, you can have propolis, 
um, like bee pollen or, or like uh, royal jelly if you need a sweet I, I eat thing fruit. to wean you off. Fruit is good, but don't eat it until, like don't eat it after like a certain time. Like find out what you know, because it's a you know some some fruits are pretty high glycemic food so if you eat like a banana at night you're gonna spike your blood sugar oh great but yeah man that'll help a lot with mood and anxiety i noticed i gave up sugar in 2017 um completely and i was a a pre-diabetic i ate i would be at are you in la i'm in la yeah i would go to the beverly hills atm sprinkles atm at two in the morning and get four cupcakes and eat them on the curbside uh, sitting on my motorcycle like a crazy guy. Jesus. Inside of you is brought to you by Shopify. You know I use Shopify. You guys go on the, you know, inside of you online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing. Shopify, I can't think of anyone else that would do this. Uh, the right way like Shopify does. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. It's so easy to navigate. And when you want to add discounts, like for instance, I just had a discount where I put uh, Michael 15, And that was my discount code. How much of a percent? 15% off the total order. Easy. Adding products. It's so easy. You put a picture. You just upload a picture. You put a description. It it does everything for you. And the analytics are so easy to use. Uh, This is the most selling product. Oh, I should get more of those. This is the least selling product. This is how much I made for this month compared to last year or last month. It's so easy to navigate. I feel like a pro and Shopify has really helped me do that. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us, myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp as menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted whole body approach. 
While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Dot com promo code inside that's nutrafol.com promo code inside um you know let, let me get into really quickly and i, 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 I want to get into uh pretty little liars because that was your first big yeah. hit that was like that was the thing that kind of put you on the on the radar right that, mm -hmm, you know yeah. I mean, how old were you when pretty little liars started i was very young i i, I must have been it was 2009 i got the call I remember getting it and I was so young. I just skateboard. I skateboarded to the audition. So you were 20. It's 20. Yeah. So you skateboarded to the audition. Did you have a fear at all? Did you go in there and not give a shit? You know, it was the first, so it's interesting. It was like the first, I had gone on so many auditions for so many different things. And I was doing background work on another like kind of teen show. And I remember talking to one of the, the actors on it and being like, dude, do you have any pointers? And like how to be an actor, like a working actor, like making money, like this doesn't seem realistic. Like, cause I was doing background work. You make like 60 bucks a day or something. Just enough to like buy yourself a couple meals before, you know? And um, he was just like, he, uh, he looked at me and he's like, honestly, just don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, that's really, <laughs> that's all it takes. That's the key. But what was interesting is I, I cared so much about, I was going into acting classes and, I, I still care so much. It's interesting because I, as much as I, you, you're supposed to not, you're supposed to like release yourself from the the end result of your work. You're supposed to be present in it. I went in for that audition and I was just, I just had so much fun. I remember having so much fun in that audition. And, um, you know, they tell you, don't wear beanies. Don't cover your eyes. I went in with sunglasses and a beanie on. I did all the things you're not supposed to do. And there you go. That's the key. Did you 11 years ago? Was there Instagram? I, we actually, our show is one of those. It was probably the show that kicked off the social media frenzy around live tweeting around uh, just social media in general, where fans were essentially steering the shows uh, arcs, character pro pro progression, 
I was only supposed to be in six episodes. My character dies in the book series. Um, but fans at that time, social media had gotten, you know, was starting to get a fire under it. And fans were demanding that they didn't kill Tobias Cavanaugh, which was my character. And they were just like, do not kill him. Well, what do you tell the author? What do you tell the guy who writes the book? So, like, no, he dies. Sarah Shepard wrote a book series, and it was it's this, it, not to come back in full circle here, but her universe ran parallel until it didn't with Marlene King's version, who she developed and was the showrunner of our of PLL, along with Oliver Goldstick. And they married the two in certain ways and then divorced them in other ways. And one of the divorce factors was my character living in the, and having a, a very um, strong relationship with one of the main characters that was just beautiful. Were your parents blown away? I mean, are your parents the kind of parents that say, Keegan, we're so proud of you. You're so good. Yes. You're so sweet. We love you. They're that. Just adorable and painfully oh, supportive. That's beautiful. And I love them both. My father passed away in 2012. He got to see a glimpse of the, of the, I remember like, you know, he was an actor himself. He, he, he came from, you know, Broadway and very thespian. And, and you know, he, he's, he was in a star, he was in Star Trek and he would get fan mail all the time. Um, he played like a small role in Star Trek three and he would get these crazy, amazing fan letters. And he loved it. It was like the happiest that he was when he was answering fan mail for Star Trek. So when we were out one time, because uh, my 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 dad was you know my dad was going through some stuff, but we were out spending time together, and someone came up to me from Iraq, and they're like, "We watch your show there," and wow. he was just like, "What the hell across <laughs> the world like that? That's amazing!" Uh. And I was like, "Dude," and that made me so happy. And it was like a couple of months before he passed away. And he was able to like see the the reality of how far reaching this this audience was. That is beautiful, and it actually puts a tear in my eye because I think about it's just it's just so nice when a father could be just love his son so much and want to see him be successful and be so you know just in awe of something like that. Where you know. Uh, it just for me especially it just it just is it's a beautiful thing is he i don't know it was just uh, the, the relationship i could just see it like when you were just talking about it i i just envisioned it i could see it and yeah. just this this guy who just cares about you and was like wow from, from the other side of the world how does he how do they recognize you from just to, and what that does is that creates this sort of feeling inside you i'm sure where it's just like it just feels good that your dad feels good about what you're doing and what you've like, it, it just, that's, that's such a fulfilling feeling. Isn't yeah, it? It is very special. And I had a, I have a very close relationship with my parents. Um, and my dad, you know, it's weird. It's like when he passed away, I mean, it was so weird because, you know, I, I, the one thing that we would do together is we'd fish together. We'd fly fish together, which is like in itself, another art and a craft that I still, I've been doing it for 31 years and I still <laughs> suck at it, dude. I like to imagine myself that I'm a master angler at this point. And then I go out on the, on the river and I'm like, I can't, I'm, what am I doing? Like, why can't I do this? My dad was a master angler. He was, he was so good. He fished for, you know, what, 70 years or something. And so we would go and spend time like that together. But after he died, like I still go fishing and I still almost feel like he's there. It's the weirdest 
it's so strange. Um, he and is. it's comforting. I believe that. I believe he is I know. there. It, I, it's whatever a wonderful, you believe. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a strange thing. It's the one thing that I still can't quite understand. And I don't know if it's just my own imagination and, but I don't well, know. I, yeah. you know what? My best friend was my grandfather who died a year and a half ago. And he, by far, he was my best friend. And uh, I mean, I, I couldn't stop videotaping him from the time I was a kid. I just thought he was the funniest, awesomest guy in the world. And he always golfed. And I never liked golf. He would take me and I just never. And during this pandemic, for the first time, I said, fuck, well, golf's really the only thing I could do. So I would, uh, I'd go golf and you can, you know, you're with one guy and you're separated and you're social. It's a sport that you could play. You got your own ball. You're touching your own balls. That didn't sound right. But you know, for me, I always feel like Irv's with me and I feel like there's some kind of awesome, it's just this feeling where I'm like, my grandfather always wanted me to golf. Fuck. Why didn't I golf as much with him? And now I just feel like there's this, there's this essence like Irv, here I go. You, could you help yeah. me out? Apparently not, because I'm sucking up. But it, there is a nice feeling. I don't know, whatever it is. It's just, uh, like you said, spirit. You said you're more spiritual. And, you know, yeah. it's it, who's to say what's out there? Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it, especially during quarantine, I, I really, I leaned into my fears. I was very afraid of the dark. I had a really irrational fear of the dark. Um, actually, I was doing a podcast right before quarantine. And that's why I have this mic and the whole, you know, setup is, you know, it's wonderful to have for Zooms. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, my podcast immediately became dated and strange because uh, I took a, I, I took a hiatus from my season one from po my podcast. It was really great ratings, had millions of listeners. It was awesome. But then I realized that I, I was talking about aliens. I was talking about weird stuff. And I wanted to really gauge my audience into what I've learned that has made my life better. And one of the things was I was afraid of the dark and I was afraid of the forest. And I had a house in the forest that I was renovating for most of 2018. And over a quarantine, I moved into it and overcame my fear of the dark in the forest. And now I'm like, I just, I feel like a completely different person. And a lot of that had to do with breathing, oddly enough, and sleeping by... That's why I said James Nestor's is a great. James Nestor wrote a really great book about breath, um, because I was having these hypnopompic and hypnagogic hallucinations when I was would wake up because I was breathing through my mouth because I wasn't practicing breathing through my nose when I went to bed. It's so weird. Anyway, but uh, I've gone through all these things, and I wish my father was around to see it. I know he is technically by like the spiritual realm and calming and all that stuff, but like there is some there is something to be said about like you know, or her, it's like, it would be so nice to just have one day now and be like, dude, look, look at this, look at this. You yeah. Know? I think you'll have that one day. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I mean, people could laugh the, that and they could scoff, but like, why is it so incredulous to think that maybe you will see somebody after these people who are such cynics who just talk, you know, it's, it, it, they're, they're just as bad as the extreme religious people, in my opinions, the people who just throw religion at you and you're going to die if you don't, they're just as worse as these. Yeah, you could be atheist. I don't know if I believe the word atheist, but you could be whatever you want. I don't care what you are. But I, I don't like when um, they sort of scoff or make fun of people for believing that. You know, my father, I think, is, you know, the, the spirit of him is still, is still with me. You know, and they can make fun. 
I just, I just never understood that. And, you know, whatever helps you get through life. And, you know, the biggest joke would be when, when you finally pass or go to the next realm, it'd be like, ah, see, look, there's dad right there. You fuckers. You know, you, nobody knows. You don't know what's, what's, what's after, you know, life after death. You don't know what, nobody knows anything. I mean, now all of a sudden it's like the government has these things with the, the aliens and the UFOs and there's a, come on it's just a matter of time we're gonna probably see aliens within the next two years they they probably know they've known they've known these fucking aliens have been here for years trust me i know does anybody go on clubhouse anymore (laughs) 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 for sure there's some crazy stuff so is your podcast available again now i'm working on it you know i'm i'm revamping it it's called foreverland podcast foreverland so you guys look for that once he's ready to bring that back this is called shit talking with keegan allen this is rapid fire so just really quick emily asks these are my patrons out there they get to ask some questions emily asks have you been doing uh what have you been doing to stay sane during the pandemic yoga meditation i almost slammed myself in the face (laughs) painting painting nico what's the best way uh you found to deal with stress meditation <laughs> painting and playing yoga. and honestly too i would say meditation and playing a very calming video games uh leanne p who are some of your personal heroes oh man my mom my dad my uncle my aunt my best friend brett my best friend ryan my best friend brock wow um uh, jared jared's amazing jen genevieve padalecki they're just all really great my manager Conrad. Look at that! Says, you have good people a lot around of people. you. Sad Guru, he's great. So Mark Hyman. Sorry, I could keep going. <laughs> it's like your Oscar awards. Uh, one more. Uh, if I'm forgetting anybody, <laughs> uh, Sophie M. I'll, I'm going to just simplify this question. Did you audition for Walker? Or did you get asked to audition, or did you just get an offer? Yeah, you know, I I auditioned, and uh, I am so happy that i got to meet anna fricky in the room she's the showrunner of walker and get to meet Lindsay and and be able to do like probably one of the last network tests before this pandemic i mean i'm a theatrical guy so i just man i loved the process not a lot not a lot of actors love that process i loved that process with such a passion dude i had so much fun it was crazy. That's great because it's also important. Like, you know, you guys out there, you think, you know, sometimes actors get offers. I've had offers where it's 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 better when you can audition and you know what they like and you got the audition, you got the part because you know what they want and you go to set and you know. When you get an offer, you go to set and you're like, I hope they like what I'm preparing here. And if not, mm-hmm. you've got to make a complete 180 or whatever. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of frightening. And I, I I lost a job because it was just like, oh, I was doing something that they just weren't, you know, because I didn't audition. It was a straight offer. And, uh, you know, that was tough. So uh, Olga C, name one movie you'll never watch again. Oh, God. That's too oh. hard, isn't it? I can name 50 just off Shutter. You know, honestly, can week. I tell you something really spooky? I, I got, you know, I... <laughs> Along with, you know, doing all the self-help stuff, I get into deep YouTube video pits and just the worst, like, I used to think that there were movies that would never shock me. There's like a whole list of movies that um, are online that even just researching them, just turn your stomach. So just, I would say, I would say, honestly, a movie that I would never watch again is Cats, the musical. I didn't see it. (laughs) Don't. 
you know, this has been fantastic. I, I didn't know you and, and, and yet, and now I want to know you more like this is just, we should, we should do another, we should do another podcast and get into more stuff. I'm not kidding because this is just the beginning. It feels like, okay, I need to do some reading. I need to do some work on myself. And then I need to talk to Keegan again. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) No, man, I, I, I enjoyed it, man. I honestly appreciate you. And I have such a reverence for your journey that you've been through. And, um, God, man, I mean, your Smallville is a total interesting, I mean, talk about picking apart, not only just Warner Brothers making that show in general, and like how crazy ahead of its time it was, but also just the, how each actor has, what it, what it meant to each actor and what it did to each actor. It's such an interesting uh, show. It took sure. my life into a completely different direction. I was mostly playing, you know, I was doing some comedic performances and, um, I think I just at the same time did sorority boys and like, you know, some, uh, you know, I, I think I did sweet November was right before that. So I was, I was doing some drama too. I did midnight in the garden of good and evil. But when I really got Smallville, that jumped me into like, Oh, serious actor guy. And my friends would make fun of me. They're like, you, you're Lex Luthor, dude, you're such a goof. How are you? I'm like, because you can't be, if I was oh a serious guy, that, that character probably would have been the death of me. I have to, once they say cut, I'm laughing, farting, doing whatever to get out of that character. And it took time for like people like John Glover, Tony Award winner, who was my father, who's just amazing to understand. And one day he goes, I know what you're doing now. I go, what am I doing? He goes, you're being Michael so you can then be Lex. And you're being Michael to annoy me off camera because Lex annoys Lionel and he has this whole theory about this thing and I'm like I don't know I think you're thinking too hard I just don't like to be Lex when I'm not Lex but look when when can we when do we watch Walker it's on CW what nights it's on CW and it streams on CW the next day but I believe it's a Thursdays at 8 7 central um on the CW but after season one finale it goes to HBO Max which is really cool I could wow. be saying all this wrong but I mean just um yeah I'm really excited about it man it's a really cool show and um, it's a real departure from what people thought it was going to be. And I think the more that it's, the more that people dive deeper into the, to the, to the root of the story, the more it hits home with, with a really grounded and painful uh, story about loss and dealing with loss, which, you know, is just ever present in Jared's character, ever present in the Walker family, ever present in, in, all of the arms that reach out from all of the different character storylines and plot points. And it, it's, it's truly a remarkable show to work on and, uh, and a dream job for sure. And weren't the ratings like for the premiere episode, like just, just unbelievable. I, I heard that they did, that we did really well. And I was so happy to hear it because um obviously like I, w- I want to keep working on this. I want to keep this. Ca- I want to get to know Liam better, but I also am, so excited that people are enjoying the story and seeing it from from so many different perspectives and 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 holding on to different. I mean, everything about it is just so fun to work on, man. I, I'm like such a fan of the show. I watch it. It's just so not That's like awesome. me. I mean, I'm just now starting to re-watch some. Like, there's been a resurgence of Pretty Little Liars stuff. Um, you know, where you could stream it, and I've been kind of rewatching it and being like, Oh my God, I don't remember any of this. I don't yeah. remember anything about this. So it's been fun to, to you know, kind of sort of dip my toe into that, but I watch Walker and I'm, I'm a fan of the show as well as a, 
awesome as an actor on it yeah. well hey guys check out walker it's thursday nights on the cw and uh i mean look this guy's keegan this has been a real treat again you know you sometimes you, you don't know your guests you don't know where things are going and you're like oh okay but then i just immediately I was like wait a minute this guy's really interesting he's got a, a story and i love the relationship with your parents and and the love they gave you and that you did go through a lot of shit that you were raised in hollywood but you turned out to be a great guy and uh you you've done the work and you're still doing the work and um i can i, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us thanks you man know? you're a mensch i Dude, appreciate you too you too um thanks for allowing me to be inside of you and uh we'll talk again <laughs> thanks, i was man. waiting for that <laughs> uh another good conversation with uh someone i i didn't know and i always like that meeting someone for the first time and then getting to know them in the in the brief time that we have together so thank you keegan allen i hope you guys enjoyed the podcast please subscribe um you can subscribe on youtube and um apple stitcher spotify all that write a review um and our handles are at inside of you pod on the twitter at inside of you podcast on instagram and facebook and uh i really appreciate your support Go to the Inside of You store if you want the, the new uh, merch, code SUMMERROSY10, and a uh, bunch of great stuff. And then also, if you can go to sunspin.com if you want any um, sunspin stuff, it's uh, Sunspin Summer 10 for 10% off. So I'll start out with this, this lovely letter from Paul. Hey, my name's Paul. I'm a huge fan of yours. And of course, Smallville, now your podcast. I'm 42 years old, a uh, former Marine. And that's where I want to thank you. I served in the Marines for three and a half years, been to Iraq, Afghanistan, where I blew out my knee and had to leave service. I have PTSD and had to learn how to cope with it. But I started listening to your podcast in the beginning of the year, listening to all the movie stars, et cetera, having mental health issues, stress and anxiety, and how you go through this as well helped me out. Um, it relaxes me to listen to how your guests deal with it. I like how you tell your how your life goes and all those stories. I could tell you that you do help people with your podcast and that you are a very funny and good person. Please keep doing it. Thank you. Really, you might have saved a life or two. A fan named Paul. Well, Paul, that means the world to me, and uh, that's why I wanted to read your letter. Um, you know, I do what I can. I, I, didn't, I didn't think I was doing anything with this podcast other than just talking to people. And it wasn't until I started getting letters and comments or people came up to me at conventions that I started realizing, wait a minute, the podcast is helping these people? Well, why is this, why am I, how am I helping anybody? And I think just, you know, trying to be honest and trying to, you know, get things out of my guests that help all of us. Maybe it's selfish. Maybe I just try to get something from the guests for myself and in return, it actually goes to everybody out there. Um, but I'm glad it helps you. And uh, I'll, I'll keep doing it as long as I can. And uh, thank you, Paul. Thank you for the letter. Uh, if you want to join Patreon, join the wonderful family, the community that keeps uh, getting bigger and more loving. And uh, you, won't really, you don't really know what it's about until you join. So I, I recommend it. I'll shoot you a message when you join. Just go to patreon.com slash inside of you, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I love all my patrons. And right now I'm going to read their names. So here we go. All right. Nancy D, Mary B, Leah S, Trisha F, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Nico P, Robin S, Jerry W, Robert B, Jason W, Apathean, Kristen K, not to be confused with. Kristen Crook. Amelia O, Allison L, Lucas M, Raj C, Joshua D, Emily S, CJP, 
Samantha M, Jennifer N, Jackie P, Stacy L, Carly H, Carly S, Jen S, Jamal F, Janelle B, Tab of the 272, not to be confused with. Kristen Crook. Ashley. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> I think Tab of the 272 just sticks around because she likes to hear that. Oh. All um, right. Tab of the 273. I then. think so. All right. We'll just Ashley, <laughs> feed, we'll feed that. We'll just feed it every month. Ashley Ryan, Kimberly E, Mike E, Eldon Supremo, 99 more, Ramira, Santiago M, Sarah F, Chad W, Liam P, Ray A, Maya P, Maddie S, Kendrick F, Ashley E, Shannon D, Matt W, Belinda N, Kevin V, James R, Chris H, Dave H, Samantha S, Spider-Man Shea, Sheila G, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N, Suzanne B, Liliana A, Michelle K, Marcus W, Marcus W, Hannah B, Michael B, Talia M, Michael S, Andrew T, Betsy D, Claire M, Liz J, Laura L, Chad L, Rochelle, Nathan E, Taylor K, Marion S, Meg K, Janelle P, Trav L, Dan N, Diane R, Ah Jetta, Lorraine G, Corey M, Veronica K, Big Stevie W, Kendall T, Carol D, Sandy B, Angel M, Eric C, Rhiannon C, Stephen M, Corey K, Super Sam, Emily C, Sherry S, Coleman G, David C, Michelle A, Matt W, Liz L, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, and Chris E. Those are the lovely Patreons. You could join Patreon, patreon.com slash inside of you. Um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and please continue listening. I'm going to put on my smaller glasses now so I don't look completely crazy. But uh, I wonder if like ever after we're done film, recording a podcast, maybe not today, but like right when we're done recording it while things are converting, we just go up the street, a little 10 minute there and back. Hmm. Take a walk. Interesting. Maybe we'll do it. You do live in the Hollywood Hills of California. Yes, Michael Rosemont here from the Hollywood Hills in California. <laughs> and Ryan Taylor from the Hollywood Hills of California. Give a little wave to the camera. Uh, thank you for, for joining me again. I love doing this. And uh, thank you for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you. I hope you have a glorious week. Be healthy. Do something good for yourself. Try to love yourself a little bit. I'm, I'm trying. Trying to do that. And uh, all right. I think that's it. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did. And they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.